0: Up until the third morning of my visit that I noticed a peculiarity about her. Until then, I mean apart from her quite striking natural beauty, she had seemed as commonplace a rural type as one would expect a young widow named Mrs. Bert Smith to be. Yes, I said Mrs. Bert Smith to F. A score of villages, dozens of hamlets, could no doubt have matched her with more than comely young matronly women of just her kind and being. Mrs. Smith. How could I know when first I arrived at the parsonage at Little Haberfach that this lady would provide me with the strangest, most inexplicable experience of my entire life? The happenings of that summer are still unexplained. There is no answer. At least not one that would satisfy a gentleman of science. Three summer weeks I intended to spend at Little Happerthatch. On the third day, the mystery of Mrs. Smith began, and the events did not reach their frightening conclusion until 20 days had passed. And on that 20th day, it was long beyond midnight. Biotex, the new soak and pre-wash powder presents Beyond Midnight by Michael McKay. Just soak. Just soak in biotech. Just soak. Just soak in biotech, just soak, just soak in biotech. If you have wondered how to get your washing really stain free, understand this: biotechs removes the stains and dirt washing works Just soak, just soak in biotech stains, grass stains, tiresome collar and cup stains, ingrained dirt, soil, and grime out they all come, and you don't stir a finger. Just soak. Just soak in Biotech. Biotech with natural enzymes is the pre-wash powder with the most enzymes to give you extra pre-wash power. Absolutely no rubbing, no color loss, no fabric wear. Use it for cotton, silks, woolens, synthetics. Use it to make new again. Soaking in Biotech removes the stains and dirt, but washing won't. Just soak. Just soak in Biotech. Thank you, Mrs. Smith. Sir? Uh-huh. Work, work. There's always work.
1: Yes, sir. Is there
0: anything else, sir? Mm-hmm. No, I don't think so. Coffee looks hot. Well, thank you very much. You might ask Bentley to let me have a decent wine at lunch, dear. Certainly, sir. I say, my dear cousin keeps a fine cellar. Enjoy yourself, he told me. Run amuck. <laughs> that I shall not do. But a working holiday must be spiced, Mrs. Smith. So, each and every lunch, wine. Yes, sir. She left me then. She crossed the room from my desk to the door, passing through the beams of sunlight which streamed in through the tall vicarage drawing-room windows. In her transit, she moved with her hand the tall back chair which was slightly in her way, As she moved the chair, I noticed with no amazement, and then, with an abrupt shock of surprise, that, unlike everything else between me and the window, she cast no shadow. My arrested glance revealed another, and almost grotesque, about her. She was wearing a thin muslin frock, which, on that sunny day, I suspected had precious little under it. As she stood in the path of that strong morning light, under her frock, her sturdy but shapely legs were outlined like something on a child's shadow graph, making her for the moment slightly comic or provocative, according to the mood of the viewer. Your cousin's a right one, sir. No fooling. Best vicar we ever had here. And my memory goes back, oh forty 40 years or more. And that's a fully grown adult person, let alone when I was a nipper and all. Ah, <sighs> capital vicar, and what a name for a vicar. Roger Vickering. <laughs> oh, uh, uh, saving your Reverend. <laughs> so, uh... What have you come to Aberthatch for, then, Doctor? That's if you've no objection to me asking. Not at all, not at all. I needed peace and quiet to finish my book. Roger's parsonage seemed the ideal spot, especially as he's away. Oh, book, okay. eh? Oh. Uh, what's the book called, sir? <laughs> Maybe me and the missus can get it out of the library when it's printed. Well, um, it's called The Epistemological Implications of Practical Psychiatry. <laughs> that, uh, that's just a working title, you understand? Uh, mm-hmm. uh, of course, sir. Uh, uh, yes. Uh, mm, uh, a drink, <laughs> sir? Uh, <laughs> nice, five. <laughs> you have one with me, Peter. Listen, when I was here last, I can't remember seeing Mrs. Smith. How long has my cousin had her working for him? Smith, sir? Oh, Mrs. Smith. Mm. Oh, no where's a quiet one I can't rightly recall when I come here. Oh, oh, excuse me. Ralph Mayo down there wants another one. He's that, had too many already, but business is business. Always <laughs> Nobody at the case's altered where I took ale twice a day, could tell me much about Roger's housekeeper, Mrs. Smith. She was, it appeared, so quiet and self-effacing that hardly anyone noticed her. Perhaps I shouldn't myself, if I hadn't noticed. My first thought was immediate. She was a whole, solid person. Her limbs could have struck the sunlight, but cast no shadow. I thought of stories of my childhood. The peasant girl whose shadow wouldn't dance. The man who sold his shadow, etc., etc. But Mrs. Smith, with two S. Who didn't have a shadow at all. At the first opportunity, I decided to work a little experiment. If she had no shadow, had she any reception, I thought. <laughs> ah, thank you. Uh, Same old news, I dare say. Never changes, does it? Uh, Would you mind passing me the uh, pipe there on the mantelpiece? Uh, No, no, the curly one. The ugly mirror on the mantelpiece probably dated back to about 1880. Yet it sufficed to show me Mrs. Smith's pretty face and slope while she searched for the pipe I wanted. Thank you. I've got to admit I was relieved, for I've always had an uncomfortable feeling that there may be something in the saying that you won't know you're dead until you look into a mirror and see no reflection. Well, like a woman her did, a wounded woman. But when I went to pick her up, banished her out. Mark, Long Bell there thinks he shot a witch in the wood last night. A witch? Good gracious. (laughs) Nay, Doctor, I didn't say her were a witch. I just said her made a noise like a woman and vanished. But this be a place for wishes, or was, once on a time. My old grandfather remembered hunting they with you. So Why did he do that? Law won't let you burn them anymore. <laughs> Can't burn them. But you can run them out of the neighbourhood by peaceful means, of course. Yeah, come to that, there were a witch burnt in up very long ago, no more than two hundred years. Yeah, my old grandfather often spoke of it. Bobby's old grandfather. Oh, lot of queer grandfathers in the Barlow
1: family. <laughs> <laughs> well, there's no
0: point in running witches out; they always come back again. Aye, oh, aye, they always come back. That white was better to burn him when the law said you could. Blood faster, I don't know. Oh, not you to burn right, him proper yeah. and do right by the ashes. They don't come back. Like vicar, I have heard that proper appointed persons like Vicar, this gentleman's cousin here, our vicar, I have heard that these persons have means of exercising witches. Exorcising? Exorcising, I, Aye, aye. Take the evil spades out of them. I reckon many of which has gone to paradise through being exercised. Yeah. Oh. it out on light. On the hands down, yes. four to fourteen times. or oh, knees up by the brown. Oh, <laughs> I like the exercising of a female, <laughs> which I would. Always <laughs> oh. Oh, the right one, that one. Isn't <laughs> Was there really a witch burnt here, Jeffers? Oh, not in my time. Oh, I thought you'd been doctor here for at least 200 years. No. Last one to be burnt, I believe, was Dornock in Scotland, in the reign of one of the Georges. Oh, I'm no expert in these matters, though. I'm just a rural GP, not a witch doctor. (laughs) Drop in sometime, Mark. Have a little strengthening in the coffee with me. I'd love to, thanks. On Sundays, it was the custom of the parsonage... for the inmate to prepare his own tea and have Mrs. Smith back to make supper in lieu of dinner. The arrangement suited me, all right. Actually, I have to confess that I'd grown to take pleasure from many watching Mrs. Smith move about the place. After the Sunday morning talk of witches in the pub, I discreetly watched Roger's housekeeper prepare my supper. I noticed that one of her wrists was bandaged. Had an accident? She made a motion as if to hide the injured hand.
1: Oh, it was nothing, sir. Mishap rather than an accident. Oh?
0: I suppose you're not a native of these parts, Mrs. Smith.
1: My husband was, sir.
0: How, uh, how did you lose him?
1: Doctor said some kind of seizure, sir. He was found dead one morning in Ralton Wood.
0: One morning? You mean he'd been there all night? What a worrying time for you.
1: Oh, no, sir, he was off and out all night.
0: Mm-hmm. What was he?
1: He was a junior keeper at the all, sir. It was thought at first he might have been shot or killed in some way by poachers, sir, but, well, no one gave much ear to that. Besides, poachers are fearful of haunting, sir. Haunting? Murdered men come back, sir, and the dead ride fast. No, my Bert's death was what the coroner calls natural causes. Though they... Say that... Yes,
0: they did say.
1: Some said he'd been bewitched to his death. I went away for a time, but I came back.
0: Unfortunately for me, Mr. Smith, you make me very comfortable. And she smiled and crossed the room. And although the lamps were turned well up, no shadow accompanied her to the door. feel like a new man. It's an ugly day today. I thought had flu. I took a Grandpa Headache Powder, and I'm well better. When colds and flu are about, Grandpa Headache Powders are what you need. Grandpa Headache Powders work fast, because they dissolve almost immediately. Grandpa makes all those little flu symptoms disappear quickly. So, whenever you're in pain, get fast relief. Get Grandpa Headache Powder. Ah,
1: Grandpa. Just,
0: Just so. Just soak in Biotex. Stains, grass stains, collar and cut stains, ingrained dirt, soil and grime. Out they come and you don't stir a finger. Just soak. Just soak in biotech, Biotex with natural enzymes is the pre-wash powder with the most enzymes to give you extra pre-wash power. Absolutely no rubbing, no color loss, no fabric wear. Soaking in Biotex removes the stains and dirt that washing won't. Just soak. Just soak in biotech. revision. Well, you know, nobody can ever say it's a task to be enjoyed. Something to be got over, more like. Down silly name, Mrs. Smith. And what her first is, Jennifer and Dolly? <laughs> She's a fair looking piece. Hmm. A lack of shadow is more likely to be a matter of physical than optical concern. Squealed like a woman her did. A wounded woman. But when only
1: went to pick her up,
0: her had vanished her head.
1: Oh, twas nothing, sir. A mishap rather than an accident.
0: She's got a bandaged wrist. She hasn't a shadow. Some say... He's
1: been bewitched to his death. I went away for a time, but I came back. I came back. I came back. Came back. Came back.
0: What is a middle-aged professor of philosophy to make of all this? If she had any dramatic ability, I, for one, would cast her as St. Joan, G.B. Shaw's, that is. Not Shakespeare's or Voltaire's. A week passed. My relations with my reticent maid remained the same. I heard no more talk of witches in the cases altered. The second Sunday came and went. The weather grew stormy. The days seemed shorter. There wasn't much more of my working holiday left. Mrs. Smith still fascinated me. I think that if I'd been a few years younger, despite the difference of class, And that does matter, really, you know. I mean, what will one talk about after passion had departed? Anyway, I am middle-aged, was then too. So no matter. I must admit, though, the gowns the creature wore, so thin, so beguiling in that summer sun, why they brought alive again in me feelings I thought I had left forever in youth. Uh, something on my mind something on my mind you say I have surely something on my mind being of a tremor all day and night shaking to me in a time well, what then Janice Shugborough what would you say to finding a woman stretched out on a flat tombstone at 11 o'clock at night <laughs> Hey, don't you laugh crushing the acre about 11 I suddenly saw uprising from one of the old flat stones what I thought to be a genuine appearance. Well, what was it then, eh? far well, as I told you, a young woman. Uh, did uh, did you talk with her, Janice? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Did you have any speech with her, Jonas? Forty years I've been sexing on God's hate of her. I never, never, ever might Did say anything? Did you... Uh... Uh, I cried out, that's all. Well. I said, who be there? Who be there? A brave lad, our Jonas. And huh? she tucked up her petticoats and I Thought You were an appearance, likely. Yeah. <laughs> oh, how's a fear I can tell you. Six and for 40 uh, uh, had seen nice legs under them petticoat Jonas. <laughs> <laughs> oh, uh, they fell a twinkle as she ran who was she then well she she ran like a startled doe the moon were no help to me eyes but a young woman she looked like to me probably some mourning mother or wife probably one of the courting couple <laughs> warner no he had no bearing since jake mills there was none to mourn him. Yes, and right. do the grief stricken pick up petticoats and run, irreverent like cross guard's acres. <laughs> it wasn't appearance after all. Do appearances leave footprints in the mold? Do they leave footprints in the gravel? You said it was too dark to see. No, I said moon, were no help, but the sun this morning, before early celebration, is there any detective, Janet? Uh, the woman in white. Oh, Nay, no, not white. She may have been wearing some kind of pink sort of muslin. What? muslin and no coat on a night like last night well I only said she might twere well, somewhat like an airy any road and you let her get clean away that weren't like you jonas <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> uh, uh, you can laugh but she gave me a start <laughs> you know talking of women young and pretty wearing things like muslin when i was a lad now I mean, they're, I mean, they're uh, not in front of flossie my barmaid <laughs> 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 My own mind was adrift from talk. I had laughed myself out of the idea that Mrs. Smith was a witch, but suddenly I thought myself wondering whether she couldn't be a vampire. I knew a little about vampires, and I'd never believed in them anyway, but in fiction I knew they were supposed to suck the blood of the living and desecrate the graves of the dead. I cannot now recall just how serious or semi-serious my thought was, but it drew me irresistibly to the churchyard on my way back that night. Under about, and despite my skepticism, felt the odd bit creepy. Leftover schoolboy horrors of graveyards, I suppose. After all, it wasn't the witching hour, two hours from that. Quite close to the little gate that led into the parsonage, I found a stone lying horizontally on the ground. I don't know what made me peer at it and read. Sacred to the memory of Herbert Smith of this parish. Unaccountably smitten on the nineteenth of July, seventeen ninety-five, and Enoch walked with God and was not. Also, Phoebe, wife of the above, in death. They were not divided. Hmm. Better be getting back. The next night, she looked more beautiful than ever. Oh, she was, I must own, desirable. I desired her. There's no point to dishonesty. She cleared away my supper things, and as she paused to open the door, I spoke. Phoebe? <coughs> uh, better get home before the storm comes again. I... I believe it will again tonight. Leave the supper things in the kitchen.
1: Thank you, sir. I'd like to be home before the storm.
0: And now... I felt... a feeling I cannot describe. Oh, it wasn't evil. No, it, it was, as I said indescribable. I fell asleep in my chair after Mrs. Smith's departure that night. was instantly awake and knew that a bolt had fallen somewhere close. I left the parsonage and hurried out. There were many of the village folk about and I followed. The general trend of people went towards the church. the crowd stopped. By the very tombstone I have read. I say tombstone, but now there was no tombstone. The meteorite or whatever had fallen had found their sure target and had left but a ragged, gaping hole around which were scattered pieces of broken stone and a litter of dank earth. It was not, however, the wreckage of the ancient grave which filled our tongue. It was the unmarked unscathed body of a woman clad in a summer frock of pink muslin which lay beside it her face was touched with neither horror nor surprise at sudden death but bore an expression of serene content dr Jeffers was the first to kneel by her and as he opened her bodice to test her motionless heart I saw with a kind of awe that her dress was untouched by rain her hair as neat as if she had just left her dressing table Not until the doctor rose from beside the still form did I see that the untroubled hair was gray and the placid face, though still smooth, was that of an aging, if not elderly woman. God rest her soul. God rest her body. Well, you thought so, too. Yes. And Dr. Jeffers began to busy himself, commanding a bearer party to carry all that was left of Mrs. Smith to the shelter of the church porch. biotech. Just soak, just soak in biotech. Just soak, just soak in biotech. If you have wondered how to get your washing really stain-free, understand this. Biotech removes the stains and dirt washing won't.
1: Just soak,
0: just soak in biotech. Stains, grass stains, tiresome collar and cuff stains, ingrained dirt, soil and grime. Out they all come and you don't stir a finger. Just soak. Just soak in biotech. biotech with natural enzymes is the pre-wash powder with the most enzymes to give you extra pre-wash power. Absolutely no rubbing, no color loss, no fabric wear. Use it for cotton, silks, woolens, synthetics. Use it to make new again. Soaking in Biotex removes the stains and dirt, but washing won't. Just soak. Just soak in Biotex. Beyond Midnight is presented every Friday night at half past nine by Biotech, the new soak and pre-wash powder. The program is adapted for broadcasting and produced by Michael McCabe.